Saturday is the third national day for truth and reconciliation. And one of the challenges I think we have moving forward is making sure it's not just one day of conversation. That's why we are uh, uh, making this a focus all week long. We want to put a focus on Indigenous issues and stories and tell a wide range of stories. Uh, For example, New York Fashion Week. It was earlier this month. One person who participated in it was uh, Tia Kennedy. Indigenous rights activist and youth leader, walked the runway in traditional clothing. She also appeared at the UN uh, discussing uh, climate change. Uh, Tia Kennedy carries Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee uh, teachings from United Nation of the Thames and Walpole for, for Island First Nation, also the founder of Kanakwe Consulting. And Tia joins us now. I uh, appreciate the time today. Hi. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So how did it come to be you participated in uh, New York Fashion Week? Um, it was a really crazy experience. Um, my friend Tehu, his cousin is a designer. She's been designing for a couple of years now, and she had this opportunity where she was going to showcase, um, I think there was over 20 pieces, and she asked a couple of us to walk for her. Um, my best friend, he closed the show, and it was such an amazing opportunity to be a part of. Uh, so in terms of what you were wearing, did you get the chi- uh, choose that they selected for you? And what was that experience like just to, to display and show off traditional uh, clothing? Yeah, I didn't get to choose it. Um, she chose a couple outfits for me to wear, so I wore two pieces. Um, the one was a, a, a really beautiful, stunning jacket. And I'm really grateful for these opportunities because it's always a blessing to walk for Indigenous designers you know, we're, our people are really great storytellers, and that even translates to their fashion and their creativity. And so I'm really glad, you know, I get to help share this this um, space with her as she takes up space in New York Fashion Week and help tell her story for her. What sort of, what sort of stories can traditional clothing tell? Well, in this specific collection, um, it was a lot of Pendleton jackets, so our, our uh, some of our designs uh, that we use as Indigenous peoples. And then also um, one of her pieces, you know, it comes from the Hudson Bay um, Company, so she makes a lot of blankets out of clothing. And that specific blanket has a history of, you know, um, the Hudson's Bay Company and how that relationship between Indigenous peoples was once, you know, um, was supposed to be a good relationship. But unfortunately, just like the relationship we have with Canada, um, it was intended to be something on good faith. Uh, but that wasn't the, the story that ended out. In terms of uh, speaking at the UN, uh, how did that come about? What was your message when you spoke on, on climate change there? Yeah, so I talk about the intersection between girls' education and climate change. Um, There's a lot of linkages uh, between the missing and murdered Indigenous women's crisis and um, climate change and the destruction to Mother Earth. And so I talk a bit about that and how there's a lot of positive impacts between educating girls. And um, when girls are educated, they make better decisions uh, towards the environment they can implement those decisions because they have education. So there's a really, really important linkage there. And um, those are some closing remarks that I made at the UN. Feels as though that's uh, something where we can, can build. Did you, do you feel uh, coming out of that that there, that can lead to more conversations and, and fruitful conversations? 
Yeah, for sure. There's um, so many conversations that can happen towards that, but it's also um, the importance of local-led or local-led solutions. And so I also work at a land-based camp in Oneida Nation of the Tens. It's called 13 Moons, and um, they really focus on, you know, providing traditional teachings and cultural knowledge to Indigenous youth. And when we implement those local-based solutions, that's what creates the real change. As we uh, look ahead to the third National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, what sort of conversations, what sort of actions do you hope we see this week and beyond? I think um, we're still at a phase where there's, there needs to be a lot of listening um, from our Canadian um, community. I think um, we're still trying to tell our story, and there's a lot of disbelievers out there, but it's finally coming to life, and we want you to hear our truth, and we want you know, us to come together and be able to acknowledge our, our loved ones that have passed on and, and didn't get the justice that they needed. So just working together, listening, and building those relationships back up is what I see is really important. Are we doing a better job of it not being just a one-day conversation and a 365-day conversation? Um, I, I hear from the kids in my community that there's a lot more talk um, within their schools and their education systems. I think that's a lot more than I had when I was going to school. And so I, I really hope that these conversations are happening more often. Um, and I think Indigenous peoples are really leading the way at uh, making sure their voices are heard. But there still needs to be, you know, um, real actions behind being heard. Yes, you can listen to us, but then what's next? Are you going to implement what we're saying? Absolutely. Uh, Tia, certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. That's uh, Tia Kennedy, Indigenous rights activist and uh, youth leader.